Welcome to the Nerd Ascended Podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Chelsea. And this is what we're nerding out about this week. Hi, nerds. Welcome back to the Nerd Ascended Podcast. It has been 500 years once again (laughs) since we've been here. We actually have a better excuse this time, or at least I do, because I wasn't even in the country. So. Oh, yes. Natalie is a world traveler now. She's very refined. (laughs) She went to London and Rome, and a couple years ago, she went to Tokyo. I have been to Canada once when I was 14. You've been to Mexico. And I've been over the border <laughs> of Mexico when I was very young to get uh, my grandma some prescription And drugs. vanilla. And vanilla. <laughs> we almost came out with a puppy. That's all that happened, like, the 20 minutes I was in Mexico well, when I was, like, five. See, so you, you've traversed North America then. Yes, I have done that. <laughs> and now I'm smack in the middle of it. <laughs> literal middle of it over there in Omaha. The literal middle. But I did have I did have a good trip. I did get to go see Platform 9 and 3 quarters just like any nerd needs to. And I completely planned on taking a picture there. And I thought, oh, that line doesn't look too bad. It's just like four little wraparounds and people are moving. And we got up there and... The back of the line was closed, like they had the barrier closed right there. And they told us that's because the rest of the line was actually outside in another holding area. And it was about an hour and 45 minutes. So I I did not want to spend an hour and 45 minutes in extremely busy, extremely hot and sweaty King's Cross. So I didn't. But I did take a picture of the little uh, photo opportunity at the wall, and I did go in the store. And, I mean, to me, I was in King's Cross. So um, I was actually really impressed when we walked in the initial doorway of King's Cross because I was like, this looks just like Universal Studios in Florida. (laughs) Good job, Universal. (laughs) When you go into the – it is bigger, obviously, but that little front uh, entranceway really does look like what – king's cross looks like so i at least i got to and you did find a nine a platform nine and three quarters in italy in in rome Rome. right that's where you actually (laughs) took a picture yes so we walked by that a couple times and the first time i walked by it i was like is that coffee shop called nine and three quarters and it was like at night so i couldn't really tell but i was like it's got a nine and three quarters on the sign so that must be the name of it which and i was like i wonder if they're uh going for a harry potter thing there or not well, we ended up walking past it a couple days later, and sure enough, that's exactly what they're going for, and they have a very small little fake wall that looks just like the one at King's Cross with their own little luggage rack that they've put, um, and, you know, has their company logo and stuff on it, but I took a picture with it because I found it hysterical, but I did find a platform nine and three quarters that I could actually take a photo with, so. Yeah. We should post that photo with this episode. Oh, we should, because it was funny. So you have proof that you went <laughs> somewhere. And then we can post in the little <laughs> carousel. The next photo can be just the distance photo of actual platform nine and three quarters I took. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's really funny because obviously King's Cross is a, a real live major transit station. So they can't just have stuff wherever. So... The photo op is where it makes sense to have crowds and they put the store there because they're smart. It's not actually, like the photo op isn't actually over between 
platforms nine and ten because yeah that just wouldn't work no because you know it's a it's a working train station it's not an actual pillar that you go take a picture with it's a wall that they've put there although i'm sure there are plenty of people that go through and you know take trains and specifically walk over to platforms nine and ten and take pictures over there but um it isn't in the very specific place but to me you know walking through the entrance and just being in there I was like you know this is exactly where Harry would have walked so we also did not go do the Warner Brothers studio tour um which you know I'm, I'm sure we'll get to make a trip back because we really liked it and I would love to do that but it was expensive and it was a lot farther away than I thought um it was kind of a it's kind of a day thing to do and we just didn't have that many days um so we didn't get to do that but that'll be for a return trip we also didn't get to see cursed child which i looked into because i thought it would be cool to see it in london and that was gonna be about 700 dollars total so uh we're gonna wait for when it, <laughs> it's in san francisco now so Oh, hopefully it'll maybe it'll come up to Portland or Seattle or something or maybe we'll go to San Francisco you know um something like that so I saw a small bit of you know nerd um nerd interest points in London but I like to think you know there would just be wizards all over in London anyway so there would I don't have to be at a specific spot so <laughs> Uh, uh, a lot has happened since we last recorded a podcast and since you went across the world. Yes. Uh, Game of Thrones ended. That was a thing. That was a thing. There weren't baby dragons, so. No, that is true. We weren't upset about that. No, we're not going to get into that today because we're going to talk oh, about. because that's a whole thing. Disney animated movies. Yeah. Instead, and I think we're both still trying to process the whole Game of Thrones story and how we got where we got. Yes. Um, I think at some point we'll do a podcast episode on finales because there's a lot of them this year and we can talk about Avengers and Game of Thrones and Star Wars and, you know. Yeah, and like finales we really loved, finales that we did not love. Yeah. Ones that make sense, ones that don't. Yes. Also, and I saw Detective Pikachu. <laughs> oh, I did too. <laughs> Which was adorable. I liked it. I thought it was cute. Yes, I loved it. Glad I went. It was a fun time. Uh, do recommend. Yes, that one was fun and cute. Um, I think also we mentioned maybe in the last one the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer and like the backlash it got. And since we recorded that, they are um, it, the movie has been pushed back. And they are... Yes. Originally, they were going to redo it and still release it in November. And now they've pushed it back till February, mm-hmm. I believe. Which is good. Hopefully, that means the animators don't have to work, like, 100-hour weeks. Ugh, yeah. Let's hope not. <laughs> so, that's a thing. To fix his weird human teeth. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aladdin is out, and I have not seen it yet. I have not either. The things I've seen about it is... It's kind of the same as before it came out, where people who defended it, like, fiercely loved it, and people that 
when they started seeing promotional stuff or, or like I hate it it's awful yeah watched it and continued to say I hate it it's awful yeah so I I don't have any judgment on it yet because I, I haven't seen it there are too many things that came out at the same time um I also haven't seen Brightburn yet which I really want to that got kind of middle of the road reviews but um I do still want to see it um this is not well I was gonna say it's not a nerd movie but it, I would say it is. I saw Booksmart, which I actually highly, highly recommend. I do really want to see that one. Um, it was really good. And it's, you know, I actually love Superbad. Um, I think that's a great movie. And uh, But when you think about a lot of uh, high school focused movies about those like our last hurrah in high school and now our life is going to change kind of movies, a lot of them are focused on um, dudes. Boys. Just, it just is. It doesn't mean they're bad movies. They just, they, they happen to be. There's a couple like 16 Candles, you know, that's a little different. But this one was really super bad with two very bookish, nerdy girls as the leads. But they were not stereotypical nerds. They, you know, they they just didn't party in high school because they were focused on their studies. But they had other interests, so they didn't fit a stereotype. Um, and it was actually just a really good friendship movie it was a really funny high school movie it was it is kind of a crude and raunchy or whatever which I like because sometimes when they put female leads they stay away from that and they didn't Mm -hmm. in this they are just as raunchy as the super bad guys are so I learned something about that movie that I really like the main actress in it Beanie Feldstein Feldstein um her brother is Jonah hill oh how funny i didn't yeah. know that so it's kind of like a nice i where did i hear that i think i heard that on an app uh well on an app <laughs> on a podcast <laughs> I heard, my app told me <laughs> my app told me that while i was commuting one morning <laughs> no beanie feldstein's brother is jonah hill oh how funny yeah she's also in what we do in the shadows the tv show which i which, need to watch while natalie was off traveling I spent the entire time bugging her to watch that movie and then watch the TV show. Yes. I didn't have um, as much luck with internet as I wanted on that trip. Like, on the flight there, I had good luck and they had, um, you know, movies and, and TV. you watched Law & Order. I watched one episode of Law & Order. Um, <laughs> but I did watch a movie called Little Woods with Tessa Thompson, which was actually a very great movie. It's very character-driven movie. It was really good. Um and I watched a couple episodes of Killing Eve, which I believe is on Hulu with Sandra Oh. Um, oh, that's on my list. Which I do want to finish. The first couple I watched were good. And then on the way home, um, El Italia Air just left a lot <laughs> to be desired <laughs> in that department. But, you know, no matter where we were in Europe, by God, there was American Dad episodes to watch. Let me tell you. <laughs> of all things. They <laughs> love American Dad and Frasier for whatever reason. So we, we got to watch plenty of that. And then in Italy, it was Property Brothers. That was like <laughs> the only Brothers? thing in English that we could find was Property Brothers and Fraser and American Dad in London. And then there was this really great, um, almost like, I think it was funny. I mean, I got the vibe. It's supposed to be funny. I couldn't understand most of the words because it was an Italian, but just like this cop show. But, you know, it had like the opening sequence is like the names come up on people and it'll be like someone working at a desk and then they pause and they're like, 
Oh, like a 90s Yeah, sitcom. it was so funny. <laughs> so, and they um, really like Phil Collins and like 90s grunge music in Rome. Like we heard that everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then their driver that took us to the Colosseum, um, you know, doing like, if you've ever been to Rome, you know that the traffic there is absolutely insane. And it seems terrifying to drive. And so he is like, you know, doing 70, whipping this van around, listening to Romstein. It was great. <laughs> so, anyway. Anyway. So anyway. the topic of the day is Disney animation. Yes. Nothing that we just talked about for 15 and, minutes. And no, but, you know. Well, we talked about Aladdin. Yes. If you're going to join us on this podcast ride, that's what you get. So. So we thought it would be good to talk about disney animated movies uh just because there's so many of them and we are very integrated into disney we both worked there as we've said a billion <laughs> times on this podcast. give us any conversation we'll bring up that we did the college program <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we wanted to do an episode talking about or just highlighting our favorite disney movies which was a lot harder to figure out than we thought it would be Yes. And looking at our two lists right now, side by side, they're very similar. Surprisingly. Like we're related. Actually not surprisingly (laughs) at all. (laughs) But when I look at our... Okay, we picked top 10 Disney animated movies and then top five Pixar movies. We separated Pixar out to give ourselves a little more uh, leeway. And even though Pixar is Disney, I feel like they've got their own aesthetic. Mm Mm-hmm versus Disney animation does. Yes, they very much do. So when I look at these lists, and then I look at two different best Disney movie lists I found online, ours are very different. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we're hipsters and we like the not cool things, <laughs> but our top movies are not most of the ones that are on, are on here. Some of them are. On these two lists. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. And some of the some of the things that we consider our favorite films are things that we liked when we were kids, and that's stuck around. Um, some of them are newer films, and some of them are older films that I actually didn't like until I was older. Um, so mm-hmm. there's kind of a, a mix there, but some of them are definitely things we liked as kids and are probably a little nostalgic for. But while both of us really liked um, quite a few of the princess movies, I mean, we liked all these movies, we didn't get as much into The Princess as some other people I knew growing up did. I did like Cinderella. Um, I remember liking Little Mermaid in particular. I don't think I really cared for Sleeping Beauty or Snow White till I was older. And even Cinderella. I mean, I liked Cinderella because I liked The Mice, I think. But I didn't really like a lot of The Princess movies till I got older. Yeah, we were not princessy little kids which is just i know there's what it is (laughs) yeah it's fine i know there is a picture of me one halloween dressed as cinderella very little like us three or four and then i think like after that i was not super into cinderella anymore yeah i really liked beauty and the beast i I did really loved that movie when i was little i was obsessed with it when i think about it it wasn't because it was a princess movie like, there was a lot more action, it felt mm-hmm. like. And I liked Belle because she read. And she was... Yeah. That was, like, a, a whole 
facet of her character is that she's a reader and she likes books and I really liked books so I think I just maybe related to her more which I I I think that's true for a lot of people who think or not who think who call Belle their favorite princess is that they liked her because she was a reader and that kind of thing um I do remember really loving Pocahontas when it came out oh yeah I loved Pocahontas but then again she wasn't like a typical princess movie Mm mm-hmm and it was a lot of action and animals. I always liked the animal stuff. And there was, like, mystical elements. Yes. For both of those movies. Yeah. That's very telling, actually, of how I have turned out. Yeah. In my interest. And I mean, the when you think about Disney princess movies, there's, obviously, there's a formula, right? <laughs> Especially for the ones yeah. that came out at a certain time. Um, one, the mother is probably nowhere to be found. Or missing or yes. dead or something <laughs> like that. But... There is usually a love interest involved. Some of the later ones, not as much, but there's always animals. There's cute little animals. That's a requirement for being a princess is that you've got cute little animal friends. And so I think some of the movies that I, the princess movies that I liked more were almost dictated by who their animal friends were because I liked the animal friends. Fair. (laughs) And so like in Pocahontas, I loved Miko. I thought he was just the cutest little thing. So I can't think of the, um hummingbird's name but i can't think of his name either. Uh, probably because i was you know so focused on miko and then in aladdin of course i really liked raja because how right. cool would that be to have a tiger as a pet yeah um and i liked in cinderella i liked the little mice especially gus gus the little chubby one with his shirt that was too small and you know <laughs> you know all of that <laughs> and so in sleeping beauty and snow white you know, thinking along the same vein, they obviously have little animal friends, but they're they're more just like cute forest creatures, rather than like yeah, than they are sidekicks. Yeah, with like yeah. personalities and stuff. So maybe that's why we didn't like those as much, because they didn't have they didn't have the little animal sidekicks. Yeah, they did, the animals didn't have personality. Yeah, like they did in other movies, or even names like Pocahontas. Yeah, or even names. Yeah. There are movies on our list that I absolutely loved when I was little, not princess movies, that I instantly thought of to add on here that I could not take off. But there's several movies I really loved when I was little that I did not put on this list, and it pained me to do so. Yeah, the same. Like, uh, one is Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm. I loved that movie. I still love it, and especially since we had a golden retriever for 13 years that we named Lady. Mm-hmm. So now that movie always makes me think of her. I know. I think I actually liked that movie more when I got older. And yeah, it was a little more. I you one. know I was a big old wuss of a of a child for sure. But like the Siamese cats in that movie used to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I liked it more when I got over you know my fear of Siamese cats or whatever. I mean, we didn't we didn't grow up with any cats. I know. You didn't have a cat until you were 20? Yeah, I don't know. There's those Siamese cats in that movie scared me. Um, and one that I didn't put on the list that I was like, oh, I really did love that movie, but um, was 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, I loved that one too. you know, it's puppies. And I very specifically remember my favorite part of that movie being when the puppies are watching that commercial about the dog treats. <laughs> and they're like bouncing in front of the <laughs> yeah. TV. They're all dancing yeah. to it. What's the little, like, sleepy, hungry puppy's name? Uh, 
I can't remember. I'm going to have to look up. All my mind can think of is Rolly Polioli. That's not his yeah. name. I know <laughs> Rolly that's... Polioli. That's a whole other... <laughs> yeah. Whole other thing. That was a show. <laughs> yes. I can't remember what his name was. I'll have to look that up. But I didn't include that one. And I also didn't include um, Alice in Wonderland, even though I actually really, really loved that movie too. But I loved that movie as a kid. But I know Alice in Wonderland isn't that long of a movie now that I'm an adult. But when I was little, I would always fast forward through the part until she fell through the rabbit hole. <laughs> Your regular life is boring, Alice. Because <laughs> I didn't care about the rest That's of that. Good stuff. I just wanted to get to the part when she was eating the cookies and stuff. That's what I really liked. It's like eating the cookie and drinking the drink and, you know, that kind of thing. But so I didn't include that one on there. But. Oh, and that bread. Yes. That just like. that. I've, it looks like the best piece of bread yes. you could ever eat. And every time I eat bread, it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> that all taught me my entire they life. Did, they did real good with that animated bread for whatever reason. So there are a couple that I just didn't include on the list of my top 10 favorites because there's so many Disney movies and it's really hard to narrow down. But um, and like you said, our lists are very similar. I didn't put mine in any particular ranking except for maybe the very first one. Did you put yours uh, yeah. in an actual ranking? Okay. No. I put the first one, which her, 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 her is the same as your first <laughs> yeah. one. So. And then after that, they were just. Yeah. There's no order. That's exactly what I did. So when you look at, like, what our actual top ten films are, there are a couple princess ones on there. Um. There's two, I guess, because that one does, in fact, count as the Disney princess category. Pri- princess adjacent. Princess, well, she she is sort of Disney princess, but she is an official Disney princess. But she's not a princess. I'm fine with that, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of them are all different. So I think one of the maybe maybe this is more interesting to me and not everyone else, but. This is our podcast, so <laughs> we'll talk about this. But <laughs> actually, looking at the eras of Disney animation is very interesting to me because it's interesting to see what things have stayed the same, what things have really changed, um, especially when you look at the movies that are coming out now. So when you look at Disney animation, there are basically what most people consider seven different eras. So as we go through these and talk about them, we can talk about if some of our favorite films were from that period in particular, um, or that kind of thing. So to kick things off, the very first one, starting in 1937, was the Golden Age, which is when everything really started for Walt and the animation studio, you know, kicking off with the very first one, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which you know, wasn't on my list of my favorite movies, but is something I really appreciate as like like a cinematic, serious cinematic achievement for that time period. Because especially when you understand, you know, what it takes to, or at least what it took then to make animated films. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so the other films that came out in this period, which it's funny as you get farther along <clears throat> in the different eras, there's more films in each era. Because <laughs> obviously yeah, more there's money. more money, more people, <laughs> that kind of thing. And animation's just done a little differently now. 
But the others that came out during this time period were um, Snow White, Pinocchio, the original Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi. So, interestingly, um, only one princess movie. And then um, a a couple very animal-focused ones. And then Fantasia, which I think was very before its time. It was, yeah. Very, very before its time. Um, That one I actually put under our honorable mentions list, which we'll get to a little later, um, just for the Night on Bald Mountain sequence with Chernabog. Because I think Chernabog is one of the coolest Disney characters that no one even really... I mean, I know he's like literally Satan, but... (laughs) I think that's, like, why it's so cool to me, because this time period was a lot of, like, um, a lot of these movies were, they showed the darkness, you know, and people think of Mm -hmm. Disney as very uh, sanitized versions of fairy tales, and they are. They 100% are, but they had their own form of, like, the darkness, and that was something Walt intentionally did, because you can't have the peppy fun without a little bit of dark so um i still every time we go back to disneyland i'm just heartbroken that that chernabog effect in world of color never worked oh he's just lurking under that water and it freaks me out they might have they've been doing a lot of work on that um the last year oh he might be gone they might have taken it out but he used to lurk in the water at california adventure because he was supposed to come out during world of color during the hellfire sequence I don't even know if they do the Hellfire sequence anymore. Mm-hmm. Dang it, it was They so took good. it out for that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean sequence at least the last time I was there. They might have even Boo. had it now. And I mean, the, the pirate sequence is cool. It's cool. Um, but, but that Hellfire one, especially because that's my favorite. Um, you know, interestingly enough, that's my favorite Disney villain song. Hunchback of Notre Dame is not on either of our lists. I know, that one was a hard one for me to leave Yeah, off. but I did like that movie a lot. Um, and I think I think that became my favorite villain song because the older I got, the more I realized that Frollo is like, they're very, uh, there's very much real life Frollos everywhere. Yeah, he's scary when you think of him as an adult because he is just a regular guy who was afraid of going to hell. Yeah, and to the point... That he got himself sent to hell. And he was uh, being an ass. Very, uh, <laughs> very strong example of toxic masculinity. Um, yes. <laughs> so I think that's why that scared me. So, yeah, this was kind of the first era. Um, neither of us have any of those five films on our list, I don't think, on the no, official neither list. neither of us have either of those ones. So then you move into the second era, the wartime era. Do you want to talk about that one? The wartime era was from 1943 to 1949, and these seem to be a lot more smaller stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's things that um, I've heard of. There's some that actually I haven't. Like, the three caballeros, I know of them. And, obviously, the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, but, like, make mine music and fun and fancy free melody time. I don't actually know what any of those are. Yeah, and I don't know if these are... um, I could be wrong. I'm not sure if... um, 
you know, these movies were the way they were in this time period because in wartime America, I don't know that people were going out for entertainment as much. Oh, that's um, true. These are all shorts. Yeah. Right? And I know that he, uh, that Disney also did a lot with the government at the time to produce some wartime propaganda things that were anti-Nazi commercials and um, posters with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. I, there is a cartoon somewhere um, that features, I believe, Donald Duck thro- uh, punching or throwing a pie at Hitler. Something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, something comedic. But So I think a lot of during that time period, that's where the focus was. So it just wasn't on, you know, a princess movie or a fairy tale. Yeah. Or that kind of thing. So, yeah. So we don't have anything on our no. list. No, Kevin did say he would put The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad on his favorite because he really likes Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and Wind in the Willows and all of that. When you get to go to hell. Yes. And on a cold <laughs> day in California, that's like the best thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so the next age or era started in 1950 called the Silver Age. And this is when we kind of ramped back up with the uh, princess stuff. So there's Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, The Sword in the Stone, and The Jungle Book. So we already talked about a couple of these that were um, we didn't have on our list. Lady and the Tramp, Alice in Wonderland, yeah. 101 Dalmatians. Um, the Sword in the Stone I forget about. I forget about. A lot. Yeah. It's interesting to look at this group of movies from 1950s. And I have seen all of them. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have seen all I these. I'm sure a lot, most people have. I did really like The Jungle Book when I was little, too. I too. Um, but still, we have not gotten to the point where any of these are actually on our top ten list. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting because these are, you know, uh, the Golden Age, too. But the Golden and the Silver Age are, like, when people think of classic Disney, this is what they think of. Yeah, this is it. So, um, moving on to the Bronze Age. The Bronze Age was from 1970 to 1988. And this one, interestingly, it's a lot of animals. Yes. I don't see a single princess movie in this group of eight. There's the Aristocats, uh, Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, The Rescuers, which we both loved those movie, mm-hmm. that movie when we were little too, uh, The Fox and the Hound, The Black Cauldron, Really great one. The Great Mouse Detective and Oliver and Company. This era does, in fact, have one of the ones that I put on my top ten. It's not my number one. Um, but I did put the Aristocats on my top ten. There was a really funny joke in Booksmart, by the way, that relates to this. To the Aristocats? <laughs> yes, because they were talking about that one of the girls has this crush on... Um, this girl is kind of like a skateboarder and that kind of thing. And her friend is telling her she felt like she didn't fit um like her stereotype of who she thought she'd have a crush on and she was like well who do you think i'd have a crush on and she was like well let's see uh your first crush when you were little was marie from the aristocats (laughs) 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 um so i did put this under my favorites list even though i do understand now there is a pretty uh blatant scene of Casual racism in this movie. There isn't many of these movies. Yes, which is, you know, 
reflective of the time period. But I just really like this movie in general because, I mean, the entire plot is just this wealthy old lady who's not married, who's living her best life, is going to leave her entire fortune to her cats. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. Like, <laughs> I just love everything about that. And um, I really like the songs. I really like the cute little personalities of each of the kittens. And I know a lot of Disney movies in general, and this is true of Pixar movies too, is kind of the, I'm not even sure what to call this plot, but the plot where, uh, it's like like the Homeward Bound plot, where you get taken away from oh, home yeah. and you got to get your way back home. So, you know, it has a pretty basic plot, but everyone I know that likes Aristocats always loved the scene when they're drinking the milk and the little rat comes and dips his cracker in the milk. With the cracker! Yeah. Once again, the best looking <laughs> yeah. cracker ever. No real life cracker will be as good as that animated cracker. No. It, I don't know what it is about animated food sometimes, but that just always looked really good. You know, it has some pretty quotable scenes, like the the part when Marie says that Mama always said ladies can't start fights, but they can finish them. And her mm-hmm. brother says, you're not a lady, you're nothing but a sister. <laughs> yeah, you say that to me <laughs> yeah. all the time. <laughs> um, so I just think it's, it's you know, a good example of, um, it looks like some of the older animated films. And despite the one song that has, you know, definite racism with the Siamese mm-hmm. cat in it, I really just, it's just a nice, cozy little movie. And they all get back home safely at the end and... The rest of the cats get to come to you and, you know, it's just a nice, comforting little film. So. None none of my top ten are from this era, but I do have a honorable mentions, The Fox and the Hound. Mm -hmm. Which is a great movie and it's hard for me to watch. Yeah, that one is hard. It's a lot harder for me to watch as an adult yes. than it was as a kid. For some reason, the sad just really didn't get to me as a, as a kid, but it does now. Yeah. Like, little me was like, oh, this is sad. Yeah. But now I'm like, this destroys yes. me if I watch it. Um, <laughs> but it was an important movie to my best friend and I. Mm-hmm. I've had the same best friend since kindergarten. And we used to call each other, well, we still do, um, our, the copper to my Todd, so cute (laughs) and one of your honorable mentions which is also one of mine is oliver and company yes which i think oliver and company is a really underrated disney movie honestly it is i know it's um it's a retelling of oliver twist which i think it's unique because um you know disney is known for retelling of fairy tales and that kind of thing and so this is a retelling of a classic story but again with animals, including a very cute dog and a very cute little cat. I very specifically remember buying this film on a trip to, like, the cassette. Or VHS, I should say. Not cassette. <laughs> the VHS. Um, <laughs> on a trip to Casper and then coming back and watching it on the new TV that we had just bought. I very specifically remember that. It's a great specific Yeah. <laughs> and I really loved the songs in that film and... You know, as someone who grew up in a very small town in rural America, like, New York always seemed like such a crazy place to me. I have yet to be in New York besides just the airport. So, to me, that was like a whole other planet. But I I, I really like that movie, and I think that's a pretty underrated Disney film. So, the next era is 
the Disney Renaissance from 
and he got slightly upset because the girl pirate costume was all pink. And you're like, no, I just want to be a pirate. Mm-hmm. And all the, like, the pirate stuff we had seen, like, they're not in pink. So anyway, Yeah. Yeah, I think that just describes us as... Yeah, and pirates. I was a pirate in third grade. And you Mom were. put five o'clock <laughs> shadow all over my face using eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Weren't you Aladdin once? Oh, I don't know. I mean, in my head, was I? Yes, every day. (laughs) (laughs) I was jumping from buildings all over the place, stealing bread. That makes me think of our young cousin we have now, who, it it makes me so happy she really loves Black Panther, and she has shirts with him on it. Yes. I don't know. It reminds me of you and Aladdin (laughs) when we were little, and I imagine she and Black Panther... Black Panther is her Aladdin. Which, I mean... I don't know for sure. Black Panther is uh, quite a bit cooler than Aladdin. What do you really think about it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we were talking about a head-to-head fight here, there's no contest. Anyway. <laughs> um, I... Anyway, that story holds yeah, up for me. That story holds up. Aladdin. Yes. And the story of being a pirate. You know that, too. Uh, <laughs> I also had on my list Tarzan which you did not have on yours. I did not. Um, This one, I think I started to appreciate a lot more as an adult. I mean, I liked it when it first came out, but I appreciated it more as an adult, Um, especially when you view it through the lens of Tarzan deciding not only to be a a man, but to what type of man he wants to be. And he chooses to not be the stereotypical toxic dude like the villain is in the movie and even though he's literally raised by gorilla that sounds like you know pretty masculine when you think about it but and he is masculine without being that stereotypical dude and of course i really love the phil collins music um we used great soundtrack yeah we used you'll be in my heart for uh the father-daughter dance at my wedding that song definitely i'll have a special attachment to forever because of that did you put Beauty and the Beast on your top ten list now? I did not. That was from when you were little? It, Yeah, it was on there for a while, and then I replaced it with the other princess movie I have Oh, which is also the one I have. Um, but we both did put Lion King, which is another one that... Which you can't not put Yeah, I think the Lion King might be widely accepted by a lot of people to be the single Disney masterpiece. The Disney movie. Um, I was wildly obsessed with that movie when it came out oh yeah um i remember when that movie came out and then they brought it back to theaters again and we went and saw it a second time yeah and we had stuffed animals and sheets and curtains Mm -hmm. all lion king stuff and this was again it's the animals thing right like we were lions all the time running around in the front yard jumping off stuff Jumping off furniture, falling down the stairs. I mean, uh, (laughs) I wanted to be a lion very much. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty excited to see the live action one. I think it looks good. Yeah. I guess the internet thinks Pumbaa looks scary. I mean, he's supposed to look like a realistic warthog. I think, okay, I'm biased because I worked at Kilimanjaro Safaris. We had some warthogs. I think they're adorable. Yeah, I think he's cute. He looks like a real warthog. I think he looks cute. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see 
how this will differ from the animated version because as I've said before I am someone that likes that the live actions differ from right. um the animated ones I think they should I I don't necessarily want a shot for shot remake now the trailers so far are shot for shot remakes shot for shot um, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how this turns out but they have I mean James Earl Jones is doing Mufasa again which is cool um and it's adorable. I mean, the little Simba at the beginning is just the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I'm excited to see how that one turns out. Someone, I don't know if it's verified or not, but someone I used to work with on Kilimanjaro Safaris told me for this movie, they studied the male lion there. Mm-hmm. Like his face. So it's your lion. And his face is adult Simba. Yeah. And he, they really do look the same, and that gets me in my feelings. Because it's your lion. Because it looks like his little face. So cute. His little face. He's a full-grown But he got stuck in trees and lion. got scared. And... He did. He got stuck in a tree when I worked there. Poor thing. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> and he cried. Um, <laughs> poor thing. That's so sad. <laughs> a little tree, too. Like, he was not very far off the ground. And he was like, help. He was like, please help. <laughs> Six feet off the ground. <laughs> oh gosh um and then the last one which i believe both of us have on our list from this time period is mulan um yes. which is another one i was definitely obsessed with when it came out and she is the one that is she's not a princess but she is a disney princess she has been she is an official disney yes yeah, she had a coronation and everything she is a a disney princess i know a lot of people fight that because she's not a princess in terms of the word but I don't want to fight against it because, yeah, she's such a good role model for yeah. young women and girls. I'd let her be in the princess. Yeah, Tinkerbell is also a Disney princess, and she's not a princess. Yeah. So, and I, I don't hate Tinkerbell, but I don't get the obsession with her. True. The obsession with Mulan, though, I do get because I'm still obsessed. Yes. Um, I love Mulan. I saw this Twitter thread the other day that. <laughs> You know, someone's just being facetious or whatever, but they specifically asked people to tell them what their favorite movie with that featured women murdering men was. And so, you know, a lot of people put stuff like Kill Bill and there's a lot of people that said fried green tomatoes and that kind of thing. But someone put Mulan and it just cracked me up. But um, I also was telling Kevin one of my favorite memes recently is this one that at the top says when you're staying at your parents' house and you sneak downstairs to make a snack at 3 a.m. in the microwave and you don't catch it before the last second. <laughs> and it has that that scene from the beginning with that guy going, now all of China knows you're here. <laughs> That's so funny. I know, I know. I know when you explain memes without just showing it, it's a lot less funny, but <laughs> it's funny to me. Um, oh, we'll have to find it and we'll put it on our... yes instagram and our twitter uh but this movie is another very quotable very funny um very empowering um i like the color palette in this one too i love just everything about this really yeah i would rate it as a 10 out of 10 nerd descended perfect movie yes um i know there's a live action in the works for this one which <clears throat> i am still excited about i and I'm going to sit here and probably contradict myself right now because I said I like that the animated films are different 
from, I mean, the live action films are different from the animated ones. And I still stand by that. And I still would want the Mulan live action to be different. But Mm -hmm. from what they've said about a plot involving a witch and whatever else, I'm like, what? Yeah. (laughs) And the Huns aren't the villain? Yes. Which... And the love interest is different. And this could be, I would have to look, maybe there is more of a historical, I know there is a historical story about Mulan. I know Disney didn't just make this up. I know the animated movie is like, I'm sure nothing (laughs) like what the, the historical thing is. And maybe the live action one is following the historical version more. I'll have to look. I, I'm sure there wasn't a witch. No. And I'm pretty sure the real Mulan was like 13. Yeah, I think she was pretty young. Which just makes her cooler. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, I... And, uh, they replaced Li Shang with a different male character that I don't know if we know his name yet. I don't think and so. it kind of makes me sad. I mean, he could still be like Li Shang, but at the same time, I'm like, why did you have to make a new one? Yeah, so that that all remains to be seen, but... Yeah, we'll see. I won't judge it too hard before it comes out, because I really want it to be good. They have Chinese actors and actresses Which is important. Yeah, which is very important. So we'll see. I'm just a little worried. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, Side note, this is also the time period that Pixar began, began making animated films, so... Oh, we'll come back to them too. Um, but the next time period is the post Renaissance era, which I think should just be a second Renaissance era mm-hmm. because I like a lot of these movies. Well, Home on the Range is not, not okay, <laughs> <Didn't know. but laughs> that one did not appear on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that existed, <laughs> but post Renaissance is 2000 to 2009. Uh, it has a couple movies that are on our list. There's Emperor's New Groove, Home on the Range, <laughs> Bolt, uh, Brother Bear was a good movie, Lilo, Sti- Lilo and Stitch, Fantasia 2000, Dinosaur, which I forget is a Disney movie, even though it has its own right. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, Treasure Planet, and Atlantis. So from this list, on my list... Uh, Emperor's New Groove is on there. It's on mine, too. It's also on yours. That is a... That movie... Maybe a 10 out of 10 film for me, too. Yeah, I think it is for me, too. That movie gets nominated and ranked as one of the most underrated Disney movies all the time, but I don't think it is. I think it gets the proper amount of love it deserves, which is a lot. I think it gets the proper amount of love from the general public. I don't think it gets the proper amount of love from Disney. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. The public loves yes. it. Disney seems to like not. How cool would it be if they had a Cusco meet and greet? They do in Paris. Of course and they, they do, do in Paris. I can't get you to You can it. meet him as emperor or as llama. Oh, man. I need to do both. <laughs> and there's a crunk, too. <gasps> Which, for the record, from what I've seen, Disneyland Paris has some pretty legit character meet and greets. But the United States gets nothing. I know. Um, but I, I think the general public does love this movie. And I know there was a TV oh, show yeah. for a while. Um, I liked the TV. Yeah, show. I did too. The one I, the thing I can always very specifically remember is 
when they assigned everybody a kitten instead of like you know a sack of flour like you did oh, like, yeah and Kronk has that cat that looks just like Yzma and he's like I named her little Yzma because she reminds me of when <laughs> Yzma turned into a cat <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I wish that so show good. was on Netflix too but I actually watch the movie a lot like we put it on when we're falling asleep all the time because I just I love that movie like it's it's an original idea it's hysterical the animation is great the music in it is great like that's a a pretty perfect film so also in this time period i have lilo and stitch and that's on mine too you also have Mm -hmm. i specifically put this movie not specifically i think it's a beautiful movie with um a good representation of nani's boyfriend what was his name is it david it might be i think he's a great male character Mm -hmm. because he's just his derpy little self and he's still very masculine yes he is but he doesn't like it is it seems like such a little thing to nitpick about it is david but especially in this time and all time going forward it seems important to have male love interests that don't I don't know they're just like normal-ish people yeah and he's not trying to like I mean he's obviously trying to help but he's not like out to sweep Nani off her feet and rescue them and become Lilo's big brother and you know like all of that like he he definitely wants to help them in their very difficult situation but he's not there to be like come live with me and solve all your troubles and you know yeah, like, I am the man. I can take care of you and fix everything. Yeah. But more importantly, this movie is about sisters, and I really love that. I don't know if there was much about that in movies before this. And people, I think, give Frozen an unnecessary or an unfair amount of praise for being the first movie about sisterly bond and not a man. Because every time I'm like, Lilo and Stitch exist. Yes. <laughs> Do not forget it existed before Frozen. Yes. It is important that Frozen does that, that it's more about the sisters than it is about meeting and falling in love with a guy. But Lilo and Stitch did it first, and dare I say they did it better. Yes. And isn't Nani only like 19? (laughs) Yeah. She's really young. She's really young, and it's like, it's a representation of a type of family situation that you don't often get in, um... Yeah you know, animated stuff like that. And there's, like, a lot of, uh, there's there's some decently heavy themes in Lilo and Stitch if you, like, look below the surface. I mean, of course, Stitch is adorable. And, you know, Stitch is obviously extremely popular. I wouldn't call this movie underrated for sure because um, this is all very popular and you can get Stitch stuff everywhere. But below all that, there's, you know, a story about grief and... PTSD and like what to do how families have to live when they have literally no government resources or not enough money and yeah Nani is trying to prevent Lilo from being put into into foster care foster care yeah that's crazy yeah and so that's a a pretty deep story when you look at it I think it's a really great story too and a very important one um it is 
Um, also from this era, 2000 to 2009, I don't have any more on my main list, but I do have Atlantis on my honorable mentions. Atlantis is a good one. It was very hard for me to put it there because I love that movie. I don't think we need a live action remake of everything, but if we're going to be doing them, they need to be doing Atlantis. Yes. And so far they are not. I would definitely take an Atlantis live action remake for sure. Um, Meet the Robinsons is cute. It's Brother cute. Bear's a good movie. I forget about that one too, but that one does have a really good yeah. story to it. I think that's also a good one about siblings. Mm-hmm. And then Dinosaur, how on earth? I feel like they made that movie just to make the ride. <laughs> yeah, I liked <laughs> that, that movie. A good movie. Do you remember that DVD came with a game? Yes. And we'd play it with the remote and you had to try and get out of the cave. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And the carnivores they weren't t-rexes yeah you don't get that anymore because everything's on netflix so <laughs> yeah well you can play bandersnatch well, but true. <laughs> it was kind of like that yes <laughs> same thing um so now that brings us to the last era which is the current one starting in 2010 called the revival era um and this has a couple more of our favorites in it um the big ones that have come out here include um Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, and Big Hero 6. Um, so on my list, this has the the single princess movie, except Mulan, I have on my list, which is The Princess and the Frog. And mine is the same. Yes. And this movie was has been kind of the last one that they did in the previous style. Because now we have shifted to Frozen and Tangled and the more, um, just a different style of animation. Yeah. Um, I think The Princess and the Frog is highly, highly underrated by the general public. You do, you, Tiana does have a presence as a Disney princess. She did have a coronation. Um, if you're in a Disney park, you can meet her. In Disneyland, it's really cool because sometimes you can meet her on, um, the Mark Twain riverboat. So, like, when you ride the riverboat around Tom Sawyer Island, you can meet Tiana, which I think is cute. Um, But I think, just in general, this movie did not and does not get the attention it deserves. Um, Because I think Tiana is a great character, and I think her story is a good one. Because at the end of the film, even though, yeah, she she ends up married to a prince, he is broke as all hell. She's the one that makes the money. She is the breadwinner at the yes, end. Yes, she is the breadwinner. Um, and she made her restaurant. Yes. Without his help at all, financially. Without his help. And, um, yeah, you could you could talk about how there still is kind of the, the Beauty and the Beast storyline about the love of a good woman changes a man who's full of himself. You know, that kind of thing. But um, I think the music in this film is fantastic. There is also a really heartbreaking and like deeply emotional storyline with Ray the Firefly and his Evangeline. Yes. I couldn't believe when I watched this movie the first time. I was like, I am crying over a firefly and a star. Mm-hmm. Like he was just in love with the star. Yeah, and you know, died to be with her. And <laughs> yeah, and he became a star. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a really good song too. And. Um, yeah, like I said, I think just in the realm of who is a, a 
considered a Disney princess, I think Tiana should have more love. Um, one thing I did, and you know, this isn't necessarily, um, hopefully I'm not saying any of this wrong, but in the new Wreck-It Ralph movie, when they had the scene with all of the princesses and eventually they get in their comfy clothes, cause that's what Vanellope does. So, you know, she convinces them to have all these comfy clothes on I thought it was really great that they showed Tiana with like her natural hair like the natural curly hair I know they did reanimate it to make her skin the correct shade that it was in Princess and the Frog Mm -hmm. but they did that very quickly like when they put out the screenshots and people pointed out hey her skin is a lot lighter than it's ever been before what's up with that and then they and they corrected it well, yeah. that's good. Well, and I, I just thought it was a nice, you know, small piece of representation that they showed her with, like, natural hair. Because I think in the movie, I don't think she really has curly hair. I think she has, you know, very smooth, slick back hair, which is fine, too. But I just thought that was a nice little piece of representation. Yeah, I think her hair is mostly in the bun, mm-hmm. right? Because she's, she's working. Working a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked, I don't think her mom's in it a whole lot, but I did like that she had a her mom was there and she had a relationship with her mom and it was mm-hmm. it's different positive one i know brave also does that yeah well brave is all yeah i was like brave mom. literally the entire story is about her mom but um <laughs> brave is also a newer film too so that's kind of a newer thing um and then you have i had i had tangled under my honorable mentions because i actually do think tangled is a very good movie and it's it is very, very much in the style of traditional Renaissance era Disney films. Um, and I think the music in it is good and it's um, just a very nice movie in general. I prefer it to Frozen. I'm going to outright say that like there is nothing wrong with Frozen. Frozen is a great film. I think There's not. I think my it's a good my movie. dislike just comes from the saturation. <laughs> Probably. Yes. And I I worked there during the Yeah peak of the saturation yeah and i think um part of my unfair dislike probably comes from the fact that i do prefer tangled and i don't think tangled got the same level of attention as frozen um no it gets a lot of attention but i think it got bowled over by frozen and but at the end of the day there are worse films to get a lot of attention than Frozen. So. That's very true. <laughs> so I will, I will leave it at that. But you had, there's a couple other in this time period that were on your top 10 list that are very close to being on my top 10 list. Yes, I have two more from this list that are very, I would say, non-traditional Disney-ish stories. I mean, they still follow the same kind of basic formula. But one is Wreck-It Ralph. Which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. I think all the characters in it are really strong. It's really different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the friendship between Ralph and Vanellope is not like a traditional friendship. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah, I like like the dynamic between Ralph playing a villain and uh, Fix It Felix. Oh, it's just a really great movie. I thought the second one was really fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as good as the first one, but that's okay. They rarely are. They rarely are. Yeah. I think, and it's hysterical. Both of those movies are hysterical. It is so funny. Yeah. And there's, it gets, you know, suddenly emotional as any good Disney film does, especially the first one more so than the second one. 
but I mean the whole scene with him diving into the volcano saying the oh yeah the little uh his mantra yeah the villains that I am meeting because I am a bad guy does not mean I am a bad guy or whatever it is you know yeah it's like um I'm bad and that's and that's okay I can't I'm bad and that's good or it's I'm bad and that's okay something like that it's like I'm bad and that's good I'll never be good and that's and that's not bad yeah oh what? Oh, oh, the feels. Once you get it correctly, yeah, that is a lot of emotions. Uh, also, Candlehead should be an official Disney yes. princess. Because <laughs> her name is Candlehead. I mean, get her a coronation right now. Yeah. And the other one I have from this era is Big Hero 6. Uh, another movie that gets me in my feelings a lot. This one is also, like, it's very directed at my interests that I've had for many many years before this movie came out which was superheroes mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very superhero they are superheroes um, but I think it has a good diversity of cast mm-hmm. and I think the story and the kind of focus on mental health a little bit was something new and different that I haven't seen in a Disney movie before mm-hmm because Baymax is kind of like, he's trying to help your mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. I also see a note here that Big Hero 6 was released in 2014 and was the highest audience rated film of, so far, of this Disney era. Oh! So. That makes me happy. And Baymax is just so cute and... He is. I did get to take a picture with him. I don't know if he still does meet and greets. In the Disney parks here, at least. I'm not sure. But I did get to meet him once in Florida. I got a hug. <laughs> it was a little weird because he, he was very large, so he could not hug you back. <laughs> and I could hear his fan. <laughs> but it was he was still very... He was very squishy and nice, like the movie tells me he will be. Yes. I also risked my life trying to get a Baymax plug <laughs> for your husband. Yep. I had to go to Hollywood Studios like 30 minutes before it opened one morning and run all the way to the back to get this tiny little cart that had them because they would sell out in like an hour. Oh my gosh. You know, and they, I was pushing kids out of the way that were trying to get to Karate chopping them. Um, (laughs) That's actually a really good lead into our next movie on our list, which wasn't highlighted in any of these eras, interestingly enough. But because I have a similar story about trying to get you a Zero and Jack Skellington plush um, when yeah. I worked at Disneyland <laughs> and I could find the Jack ones everywhere. And they were these cute, like very round little things. And I could not find the Zeros because they would sell out. And then one day I found one in a very random location in California Adventure. And there was like six of them sitting on a shelf. And so I'm like beelining over there to get one and this lady is standing there putting her arm around all of them like scooping them and I reached over the top of the thing and grabbed one out of there because I was like lady you don't need all six I know what you're doing you're selling them on eBay so you don't need all of them and I just ran to the cash register with it but that's a good lead into another movie that is on both of our lists which is The Nightmare Before Christmas yes um 
a very not traditional Disney movie. Yes, I actually remember when this came out. Um, it had to. It was early '90s. It was like '93, '92, something like yeah. that. Because I was pretty young, and I remember my mom <laughs> being a little confused that that was a Disney movie, and I remember her telling me that we weren't allowed to go see it. <laughs> and now look. And at now us. look at us. Um, but it, it's obviously a, a Tim Burton film. He has done some you know some stuff with disney since then too he actually did the new dumbo he's done a lot with them, um, yeah. but i know at the time i i'm sure people were like what on earth yeah what is this clay animation skeleton mm-hmm. in a in a horror place that's a disney movie yes and it's the the claymation is what makes that movie work in my honest opinion if it was regular 2d animation i don't think it would work as well it wouldn't work um i've heard you know the rumors that somebody's considering doing a live action version of it and i don't think that would work as well (laughs) let's not (laughs) that movie was made for stop motion it was yeah like that's that's what makes that film work so well um this is definitely not an underrated movie obviously i think at the time it came (laughs) out i don't think it did that well and then it became a cult classic and now it is extremely mainstream and very popular right. to the point where haunted mansion gets remade it gets reskinned for a couple months every year mm-hmm. it's a nightmare before christmas in california yes and of course there's always the uh the age-old debate <laughs> is this a halloween or is it a christmas film it, it, it can be both. It can be both. But to me, it is a Christmas film because it takes place over Christmas. Yes. And it starts November 1st. Yeah. And that's that's kind of my thinking, too. And I had someone say, well, then any movie that takes place over Christmas is a Christmas film. And I said, yeah, that's why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. That's why Die Hard is a, <laughs> is a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. <laughs> um, but we watched it on yeah. Christmas. <laughs> but I also think, you know, that there's not... Uh, too much deep stuff to be looking into in the nightmare before christmas honestly but i think it's about the spirit of christmas too it is yeah. and it, because aren't christmas movies always about being who you are and being with your true family and you know stuff like that and that's what this movie is about and jack tries. yes it's also about a movie <laughs> about a dude with an ego that that far yeah. outweighs his capabilities let's get knocked down a yes. little bit he and an evil bug and an evil bug a lot of bugs are evil. Yes. Which, um, <laughs> this movie, you know, when you look at certain parts of it, it, it's very Tim Burton, which is great. It is also quite dark in not the same way that Disney is usually quite that dark. Or it's more overt about it, I should say. Because there, there's yeah. definitely quite dark things in Disney films. But this is just more overt, you know, featuring a song about chopping up Santa Claus into little bits um and things of of that nature giving kids <laughs> shrunken heads as christmas gifts he thought it was a caring gift though. he did he didn't know any better and that is the true spirit of christmas and then he learned yes but i do love the music in that film the animation is beautiful and ridiculous honestly that they could have any of that done it's an original story you know i think all of us will forever regret the fact that we don't get to see what's on the other sides of the other doors but but that's okay that's that i know at one point and this makes me sad every time i think about it 
<clears throat> there was plans for a Nightmare Before Christmas ride in Disneyland that included going through the other doors. It got far enough along that there are blueprints and initial artwork that you can find on the internet, and it was eventually scrapped and became the Haunted Mansion overlay that they have at Disneyland, which is cool. Oh, that makes me but, sad. <laughs> um, it is a very sad thing. Um, when I was doing my college program at Disneyland, I was taking this leadership class one day a week, and they had different leaders from different areas of the company come talk to us, which was really cool. But one of the people we had come was this guy that was in finance, and he he was such an interesting guy, but he made me so sad because he was like, I love this company and I love what I do, but he was like, so much of my job is no. And he's like, I'm the one that has to say no. And he was telling us about like things that he'd, you know, had to scrap because he was like, it, it, he he's the first gateway when the Imagineers come up with their blue sky idea. He's the first one that they yeah. come to that they get the, no, you got to pare this down. You know, that kind of thing. And he said there was a um, plan for a new restaurant in New Orleans Square in Disneyland that was going to be this really amazing pirate-themed restaurant. It was right after the Pirates of the Caribbean movies really took off. And he said it it was just beautiful, the stuff that they had come up with and the, the entertainment that was going to be in there and the food and the atmosphere and... He was like, we have Blue Bayou, so no. <laughs> and told them, and it, and then they tried to um, change it to be uh, Tiana themed. And it still got shot down. Oh. And he said that's... It could have been her restaurant. Yeah, and he said that's the thing that, one of the things that has killed him the most to say no to. So, anyway, interesting aside. Her restaurant was just named Tiana's Place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is just so sad, but he said, I wish I could have seen the artwork they had for that pirate restaurant because it it just sounded incredible. But he was like, we have Blue Bayou inside the pirate's ride, so no. But Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) Um, Haunted Mansion is in New Orleans Square in Disneyland. That's why my mind got all sidetracked. But yes, definitely one of my favorite films of all time. So that brings us to... Actually, uh, both of our single favorite of all time Disney animated movie. Above all else. Yes, it wasn't even difficult for me. No. I I know a ton of people who love and adore this movie. 100% from Disney and the general public, though, it does not get the love it deserves. It does not. It was not a theatrical release, and that's probably why. I think that's the only one on our list that was not a not a theatrical. It was direct to video. But this is my favorite Disney movie of all time, and period, one of my favorite movies of all time. And it is a goofy movie. Yes, ten out of ten film. Ten easy out of ten. Yes, it is emotionally powerful. The animation is great. It's very unique from the other things. Tevin Campbell made two of the best Disney songs ever. Mm-hmm eye to eye and stand out yes um i was walking downtown in portland the other day and some guy had no headphones or anything on it and he was literally just walking down the street dancing going and singing eye to eye and i was like my man (laughs) i'm here for whatever's (laughs) happening over there but this is like it's a funny movie 
it's a you know silly but very emotionally powerful I think for I mean I could imagine as a parent it probably is even more so not something that I particularly resonate with but just even like parent relationships and what it means when you go off to the next chapter of your life as a young person and and all of that and how you integrate your past life into your new life and all of that and have they ever really has anybody ever said where Max's mom is not that I remember because I didn't get the and this is you know me projecting whatever I'm projecting here but I just didn't get the vibe that she died I really get the vibe that she left yeah I've got more of a she left vibe I still stand by that I don't think she died yeah and so that just makes the or she was never around or something like that well I guess she would have had to have been around to yeah have baby but after that after that yeah and so (laughs) goofy is just like he can he can very much be a helicopter parent you know by and large way too much but he has just such good intentions and such heartbreakingly good intentions (laughs) which is what makes this movie it it's amazing how quickly you can go from just laughing to feeling so heartbroken and heartbroken over stuff like throwing a possum hat out a window yeah (laughs) i feel for that stupid little possum hat yes i don't know why well i do know why yes because there's that movie is just so good at lacing emotion into everything Mm -hmm. and who especially at that time would have thought a movie about goofy being a single parent would ever even fly as an idea yeah because he's goofy yeah because he and it's a strange thing to like i I mean mickey doesn't have kids donald and daisy don't have kids no they both have nephews yeah and so it's it's really odd to think of one of the fab five or whatever as a a parent but it just works so well and it really gave so much character depth to like a cartoon dog you know which is just crazy and the songs in it are amazing from start to finish i mean just like the it's a perfect balance of truly funny humor without being ridiculous i just i love everything about the movie and back to the animated food that pizza in their hotel room so good (laughs) (laughs) looks better than any animated food has a right to look honestly it looks better than any pizza i've ever had yes so that is our top one before we move into chatting about pixar quickly it's just kind of an aside we had a couple other um honorable mention ones um when we were talking about the most recent era i forgot to mention bolt is on my list of oh yeah um honorable mentions i think that movie is pretty underrated i really like bolt it is yeah it has a pretty basic story you know but i think it's pretty unique and cute and a good film a pretty solid film from start to finish um, and then you had another one, which I would also say is on my honorable mentions. Yeah, this one, a lot of people think it's Pixar, but it's just regular Disney Animation Studios. It's Zootopia, mm-hmm. which I went into that one. I had no idea what that movie was going to be about. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up being very timely and about racial profiling. Yeah, racial profiling and the role of police in society and, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. and. Um, honestly, any Disney film that has a Breaking Bad joke in it 
an extended, an extended breaking, breaking bad joke. Bad joke. <laughs> I just, oh, I wish I could have been in the room when someone pitched that. Yeah. Because it's brilliant. Did they tell them it was a Breaking Bad Or did they just joke? do it? I don't know. Because it was, it was very obvious, blatantly obvious that that's what that was. And But I think that movie has a lot of, um, it did have a lot of emotional impact and a very timely discussion about police and, you know, who decides to become a police officer and what that role means to society and, and all of that. Yeah. So... It's a great that was movie. a good movie. Um, and then the last one that we could probably have an entire podcast on by itself, under my honorable mention. Which maybe we maybe should. We should. <laughs> the Disney film that isn't quite a Disney film, The Brave Little Toaster. I will throw down for The Brave yeah. Little Toaster. <laughs> um, it has a fascinating history, its connection to Disney. It involves John Lasseter, who very sadly turned out to be a jerk. But Not great. Um, <laughs> it involves John Lasseter pitching the film to Disney getting denied and then 10 minutes later getting let go from his job at Disney. Um, it involves several people who then went on to found Pixar. Um, it involves someone who went on to be involved in Cats Don't Dance, which is a oh, I love another movie. great movie. It's not a Disney one, but it is a great yeah, one. Yeah, and The Brave Little Toaster, though, is just another thing that is literally the most ridiculous, ridiculous idea (laughs) and it works so well it is so emotionally powerful funny cute memorable yeah we might have to do a separate podcast entirely on the brave little toaster because that movie is great Um, i read this nice little story about the lady who voices toaster um in 2010 her son got deployed to afghanistan and when she went to his deployment ceremony he had told some of his comrades i guess um that his mom had been the voice of toaster that movie and asked if they knew what that movie was and that's his ice break and some of them brought toasters for her to sign at the deployment (gasps) ceremony that's amazing yeah i would do that so cute and i also read about like um this could be you know for the podcast but there's apparently a, a ton of very in a very deep artistic imagery in there um including you know the blanket is yellow right um and there's that part in the movie when toaster sees the yellow flower in the reflection yeah and the sad yellow yeah and then he runs away and like splashes the water and the flower wilts um that's symbolizing toaster beginning to understand that if he continues to treat blanket the way he's treating him that blanket will also wilt so yeah (laughs) so there's there's all kinds of stuff like that in that movie about a toaster and a terrifying vacuum, and an even more terrifying air conditioner. That vacuum has a mental breakdown that I very much... Resonates with me. <laughs> resonates with me. <sighs> a lot. Oh, man, when he's chewing on his own cord. Who among us has not had a panic attack when you start <laughs> chewing on your own cord? Right. <laughs> yes, so for another time, we could do an in-depth exploration of the Brave Little Toaster, but just as kind of a, a sidebar... Um, obviously Pixar is part of Disney and yet wholly separate at the same time. Brave Little Toaster interestingly set up Pixar to be what it is today. This is another one where it's, it's really hard to narrow down our favorites. Um, and for the most part, they are, uh, the same 
<laughs> there's only one that's there's only different, one that's different. On each so one we'll go through let's go through the four that are the same okay i'll go through these ones a little bit faster the first one we both put it first probably the same thing as what happened with a goofy movie and that is up yes which again when i went to see that movie um as i'm sure anyone who saw it for the first time had no idea you were signing up for an initial 10 minutes of extreme heartbreak and emotional turmoil um <laughs> as the first 10 minutes of yeah up. i took mom i think i was there with you i'm pretty sure i was oh, yeah because after that that infamous first eight minutes she like leaned over and kind of hit my shoulder and she's like what the hell did you do to you <laughs> well you were like what the hell did i bring myself to <laughs> i know <laughs> um i unless i'm in a certain mood as much as i adore up i will fast forward through the first 10 minutes this is even as someone who very specifically used that segment of music which is called married life to walk down the aisle to at my wedding yeah you jerk <laughs> but didn't it work out so well like right when the music slowed down was when dad and i walked down i know i don't want to think about <laughs> I don't it think of that. but it's i mean you know it, it is a pretty amazing love story and it really talks about some heavy duty stuff that kids watching it won't pick up on they'll pick up on the love story but they they won't pick up on necessarily that they went through a miscarriage multiple miscarriages together eventually couldn't have kids and then obviously she deteriorates quite a bit faster um than he does and you know all of that and just from their childhood love story to the end and it's a it's a pretty powerful love story and um the rest of the movie is to me just as beautiful oh yeah because it's a a different type of two different types of love after that i guess including self-love and yeah. How do you not completely love a movie that has Doug in it? Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Doug's like the little comedic relief. Yes. Up, there are several Pixar movies, most of them, a lot of them on both our lists, that I feel like are adult mm-hmm. movies. Not that kids can't go and love them and enjoy them. Yes. You just get different like stuff the, as an adult. Yeah. The bigger picture of them is like very adult. They're tugging at adult adult emotions. Yes. I I loved this movie enough that I walked down the aisle to that music. Um, we incorporated it into our vows because the the last line of our vows was "You and me were in a club now, and you will always be my greatest adventure." Um, so I'm sure I'm making a cry. I'm sure there were some people at my wedding that were like, "You and me were in a club now. What on earth does that mean?" But I hope I hope most people got it. I got you those little grapes soda yep. pins that I put by your plates. Yes. We wore them when we went to Disney after the wedding, too. I will wear it every time I go. But yes, just a truly amazing film in general. Um, the second one that we have, that both of us have on our list, which I would say is a true cinematic masterpiece, just in terms of the visual, is WALL-E. Yeah. Um, I, I also have WALL-E. Yes, which is... <laughs> The visuals in that movie and the animation is incredible and ridiculous. Wally has a lot of big topics. Yes. Very big, very timely. That brings up with, yeah, especially since it does it with very little dialogue when you think about it. Yes. For a huge portion of that movie, there's really no dialogue besides the word Wally and the word Eve. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's about climate change it's about climate change <laughs> it's about um and human connection and 
balancing technology mm-hmm. and being present in the moment. I also kind of took um, at its real foundation, it's kind of an Adam and Eve parable. It is, And yeah. her name is literally Eve, but she Eve. she carries the plant and instead of getting... Well, they, they do get kicked out of Eden because they, they come do, back yeah. to the, you know, destroyed planet to start over. Um, but that's another movie that, like, you cry over things you didn't even realize you were going to cry about. Like, when he's trying to get Eve to wake up and he decorates everything with Christmas lights and tries to hold her hand and can't get her to wake oh, yeah. up. And her hand just keeps locking <laughs> back in. It's so sad and cute. But uh, really, artistically, just a very beautiful movie. Um, and then the third one that we both have on our list is Inside Out, which has, as someone who has been over the last couple of years dealing with my own um, battle slash journey with mental health, particularly anxiety, this movie has become more resonant for me since the first time I saw it. Yeah. Inside Out is like up where it has a lot of bigger themes. Mm hmm. And I mean, it's about depression mm-hmm. because Riley is not sad because the whole point, the whole story of that movie was she needed all of her emotions, but especially her sadness in order to beat her depression. Mm-hmm. Like that's what everyone had to learn was that she needed sadness mm-hmm. and that it didn't make her a sad person. Yeah, because then she started getting those mixed memories. Mm-hmm. Like when she came home and she got the first mixed one that was happiness and sadness. Yeah, and that, I mean the idea of mixed emotion memories is pretty powerful. When yeah. you think about that, is it, like not to get too deep, but I wish this movie had existed when I was a teenager. Yeah, I do too. And I didn't fully understand mm-hmm. what was happening in my own or brain. even for younger kids who that, that's another thing too oh, yeah. about listening to younger kids and understanding that they can have struggles with that and they can be life uh like situational or not but um that is very important on a slightly happier note about inside out i wonder all the time about people you know how like you wonder what their hogwarts house would be the pastime i also wonder what their primary emotion who's who's driving their stuff or whatever yeah because like riley's was happy was joy Mm mm-hmm and then her mom was sadness and her dad was mm-hmm. anger. Even though they weren't angry you know, people or sad. Overly people. sad or angry people. Yeah. Mine is definitely fear. Mine might be. I think mine's probably fear because of the anxiety thing. I, I liked at the end of the movie when it showed like inside the cat's head and the cat's was fear, I think. Yeah. And the dogs. And the bus driver was all. Oh no, the cat's angry. was disgust. That's what it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, definitely a very important movie, though, that I would recommend anyone watch. Um, and then we have the last one that both of us have is Coco. Coco, I did not watch until about a year ago for the first time. It was just one of those movies I had. I need to watch this. I want to watch this. And then I just kept not doing Mm -hmm. it. And then it was July 3rd, 2018 that I watched it because Ryan was gone on a trip with his dad. And I didn't have work the next day. And I was like, what am I going to do? Because I just moved here by myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd moved here. I'd live with Ryan. But it was like, 
I was by myself. I didn't know what to do. So I was like, oh, I'll watch Coco. And it absolutely wrecked me. <laughs> like, I know people have told me, they're like, well, it's really sad. It's a really great movie. But I was like, yeah, I, I've seen Up and Inside Out. And I'm Wally. okay. Like, I know what Pixar's doing. Mm-hmm. But dang, it totally destroyed my life. <laughs> in, like, the best way. It's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. And it's very unique in the story that it tells and... The imagery is so cool, and the songs are great. Yeah, and the the history in it, and I'm still upset at Disney that they put that 22-minute Frozen <laughs> short in front of it because they didn't think enough people would come see a movie about not white people, Yeah, which is sad. I remember when we went to see it, though, and it was so funny because um, they had signs outside the theater that... <laughs> We're like, there is no Pixar short before this film. There is an 18-minute Frozen short. Like, because people were upset because you didn't get your Pixar short and stuff out of that. Which I was like, I remember thinking, why is this Frozen thing going on so long? Yeah, because it was supposed to be on TV. Yeah, But Coco was a great And then they pulled it to put it in front of Coco. But then Coco did way better. Exceptionally well. Even after several theaters took out the frozen part at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> Surprise. Um, and then we each have one that is different from the other. So do you want to talk about your number five first? My number five was the original Toy Story. Which was almost mine. Uh, well, your number five was almost <laughs> mine. I actually just changed it this morning. <laughs> uh, Toy Story, I think, is just when people think of pixar and expectations from pixar they think of that one Mm -hmm. i mean it set the bar yeah and it's really fun and i think it it has some important stuff to say Mm -hmm. but i think with that one it spanned a very successful i don't know about number four because i haven't seen it obviously but it spanned a very successful trilogy I think all three of them are very, they're just as good as the other. Mm -hmm. And like they make sense together and it doesn't feel like, they they always have to leave Andy's room. Like that's always going to have to happen. But it feels like sequels with a purpose instead of just, we can turn this out and make money. I don't know about number four. Mm -hmm. We'll see. But number two and number three were definitely solid stories that I think are just as good as the first one. Mm -hmm. And I loved how the first one starts with Andy's cloud wallpaper. And then at the end of the third one, it pans up to the sky and it's the same view of the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> I made it through like up and wall. But you can't make it through the clouds. And inside out and Coco. <laughs> I can't make it through clouds without getting all teary. <laughs> um, well, my fifth one from Pixar well, it did not make me teary. Uh, mine is actually Ratatouille. Because I think, I mean, the entire film is a love letter to food, which I think is yeah. great. And it's a unique story. Um, the characters in it are interesting. And just, I mean, the idea of a rat being a chef is amazing. Um, and then we only got to see him, though. I only got to see him once. Were you there when I got to see Remy? No, I never I got only to got see to see him, him once. Um, they used to have a little... Remy that would come around at Chefs de France and Epcot and he would dance and sing and stuff. It was cute. But 
um, he was like life-size Remy, not like a walk-around character. He was actual rat-size Remy. Um, but as someone who just loves food, I mean, a film about food is okay with me. So. <laughs> yeah. My, I'm still working on Kingdom Hearts 3. I can't believe I waited this long for this And you're game, still trying to get through I, it. <laughs> it's taking me forever to get through it. I'm stuck in the Frozen world right now. Oh. <laughs> Probably also why I you don't, don't like, like Frozen. It. Yes. Yeah, it's it's re it's reigniting all those anti-frozen feelings. But one of my favorite things in that game is when I get to take a little break because you you gather ingredients and then you get to go to Remy's restaurant and cook. Cute. I make little meals and it's my favorite thing That's to do. That's cute. I still need to play that game. So there's that to look forward to. Well, don't to. get stuck in frozen. I will try not to. We went on a quite a long winding journey there with Disney animation. We did. Um, and covered a lot and there's still you know so much we didn't even bring up but it is just an amazing amount of films to go through (laughs) so it's basically impossible to cover them all but we covered a lot of the important yes in our in our opinion if you haven't seen a goofy movie you should see a goofy movie. yes life-changing it is a life-changing movie (laughs) it is it is. It is. <laughs> well, I think it's a good place to wrap up this episode then. So make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nerd Ascended. Let us know what your favorite Disney animated films are um, and your favorite Pixar. And if it's Frozen, it's and okay. And if it's Frozen, it's okay. Yes. I won't yeah. judge you. Um, let us know what your favorite Pixar ones are too. You can rate and review us on iTunes. And yeah, we'll talk to you all in the next one. Hopefully not. We'll try. <laughs> It'll be sooner. We'll try. <laughs> Bye, nerds. Bye, nerds. Our intro and outro music is courtesy of Sneaky Creaky on Yummy Sounds. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NerdAscended. You can also email us at nerdascendedpodcast at gmail.com. And ratings are always appreciated. <laughs> <laughs>